Welcome to the Proceedings Podcast. I'm Bill Hamlet, Editor-in-Chief of Proceedings at the U.S. Naval Institute. Today is Thursday, October 13th, 2022. Today's episode is a paid episode brought to you by Raytheon Technologies. And my guest is Scott Spence, the Executive Director of Naval Integrated Solutions at Raytheon Missiles and Defense. He's joining me from Massachusetts. Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So uh, we're going to talk about SPY-6 today. So let's start with an, uh, an overview of the system. What's it designed to do? What are its threat targets? Is it modular? What advantages does it offer over other radar systems? Sure. So SPY-6 uh, is designed to be an integrated air and missile defense radar. That means it can cover both missile defense uh, missions as well as air defense missions simultaneously. Uh, it was designed to be modular scalable for all the different threat sets as well as the different ships that it will go on for the U.S. Navy. The first SPY-6, SPY-6V1, is the 37 RMA radar module assembly radar, so the largest radar uh, for the SPY-6 family of radars to go on the Flight 3 destroyers. And then we scale that to other applications as well. And the Flight 3 destroyers, we're expecting the first one coming out in the next year or so, correct? Correct. We are in the middle right now of uh, uh, integrating that radar onto the onto the ship, uh, getting ready for alpha trials and then Bravo trials uh, with the U.S. Navy uh, before it's delivered to the fleet. Awesome. So uh, it sounds like the system is um, pretty far along in development and and in being fielded. Is there are there tweaks being made? Like where where is it in in uh, overall kind of the, in the development world? So Spy Six has completed development for for both the SPY-6V1, uh, the 37RMA configuration, as well as the, the V2 and V3 uh, uh, SPY-6 radars, which will go on to uh, both uh, amphibious uh, ships as well as, uh, as the uh, 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 carriers. So this isn't a system just for the Aegis platforms, the DDG-51s and uh, and the, the cruisers. This is for um, a, a broad array of, of Navy ships, including aircraft carriers. This will go on seven different, uh, air, seven different Navy ships uh, over the course of its uh, lifetime. So, yes, you're correct. It'll go on uh, the Flight 3 destroyers. It'll go on the Flight 2A backfit destroyers. It'll go on both... Uh, the uh, forward-class uh, aircraft carriers, as well as backfit onto the uh, the older aircraft carriers, as well as go on to uh, the amphibious assault ships. Wow, wow. Uh, so I know that our USNI news team has covered a little bit about the USS John F. Kennedy CVN-79, which is the second in the forward-class carriers. Uh, so you're delivering uh, SPY-6 arrays for that ship? Yes, we have delivered uh, the arrays and all the hardware for that ship for integration onto that platform, getting ready for it to go through sea trials and then delivery to the uh, to the Navy as well. Fantastic. And, and is SPY-6 also on Ford or is it uh, the follow-on to the Ford? You know, so the Ford is uh, has the, uh, the dual band radar system, uh, which is also the radar system that's on the Zumwalt class uh, destroyers. Uh, but uh, going forward uh, beyond that will all be uh, SPY-6 V3 uh, variants. Gotcha. Uh, so earlier this year, your company, Raytheon Missiles and Defense, was awarded a $651 million contract with options totaling up to $2.5 billion for full rate production of the SPY-6 family of radars for up to 31 U.S. Navy ships. 
What's the significance of that award and the future of SPY-6? This really shows the Navy's commitment to the SPY-6 family of radars as their uh, signature radar uh, program for the next 30 years. This uh, scalable radar is being delivered across all those different variants we discussed, really driving down not only the acquisition costs for the U.S. Navy, but also the operations and maintenance costs across all those ship sets for many years to come. So, so uh, I, I want to just dig in a little bit deeper on that. You, you mentioned driving down maintenance costs. Um, how is SPY-6 easier to maintain than, than earlier versions of, uh, of SPY? A, a couple of different uh, ways in which it's easier. Number one, the radar only needs two tools to be able to ma be maintained, uh, to be able to take out any components that need to be replaced. So that's a big savings to the U.S. Navy. It also uses a common software baseline across all radar uh, uh, platforms. That allows the Navy to make a fix once or add a capability once into that software baseline that will be delivered to all the ships that are out at sea that need that capability. The other part of this is the modularity of the system allows for training of uh, the sailors for both operation and maintenance to be common across all those platforms. So a sailor that's trained for, for a destroyer application can easily move over and, and also do those same uh, efforts on uh, a carrier or any other uh, ship that has a spy six radar. Uh, that's huge. I mean, I just know that, you know, oftentimes we have to train sailors uh, to specific platforms and specific versions of of radars or gear or systems or propulsion plants, et cetera. But if you have some commonality across different types of ships, you know, that's a that's a huge win. Yes. As you know, the, the, the largest part of the cost of any uh, uh, DOD system is in operations and maintenance. To be able to drive down that cost for these radars that are going to be out in the field for 30 and 40 years is critical to make sure this is affordable for the U.S. Navy for years and years to come. So the Navy and the Marine Corps right now are, are working on integrated warfare concepts. You know, our listeners are very familiar with the Marines are talking about expeditionary advanced base operations on the Navy side. It's distributed maritime operations. So how does SPY-6 enable DMO or distributed maritime operations, that concept for the Navy to move forward? There's, there's a couple different ways in which we're uh, uh, key to the uh, distributed maritime operations. First off, this radar is going to see further and see smaller objects at farther distances, providing a better picture of the battle space to all the participants that are in a particular uh, area of operations. Secondly, there's advanced capabilities being developed for the radar, including things like network cooperative radar, that allow the radars to, to communicate amongst themselves to provide a better picture of that battle space for the sailors. Uh, diving down a little deeper, how, how does it see farther and how does it see, you know, smaller radar cross-section, uh, you know, uh, objects and targets? What, what, what's the physics behind that or the, the, the development that, that allows it to be, you know, better, see better, farther, better, um, you know, more sure. intuitively? So, so SPY-6 uh, uses uh, gallium nitride technology in the transmitters. That allows SPY-6 to create more radar power Per, uh, for each radar, and that allows those radars to see further. And then the sensitivity of the receivers allow it to be able to process that information. In addition, all the back end processing the radar is tuned to that radar to be, be able to provide 
a, a better picture of that uh, battle space. Got it. Um, uh, you know, I was recently out at uh, at, at Tailhook uh, back in in early September, the uh, the annual Naval Aviation Symposium, and you know the the F thirty five simulator was there, and they're they're talking about F thirty five integration with distributed maritime operations, and you know the the advanced uh, the E two D. So I'm guessing Spy six is is has the ability to integrate with all those other systems that the Navy is now fielding. Yes. So, so SPY-6 is, is what we consider to be combat management system agnostic. So we can provide data to whatever combat management system needs that data, whether it's an Aegis Baseline 10 uh, configuration as it is in for, for the, uh, the Flight 3 destroyers, or whether it's uh, into an SSDS configuration or what they call now Aegis Baseline 12 for things like the carriers or any other combat management system that is trying to create that battle space picture for uh, for the operators. That's cool. Um, so uh, with with the news that we've already talked about, uh, you know, it's clear that your program is making progress. Production's continuing, if not ramping up. Um, you know, what's the future look like for SPY-6? Do you think the Navy's going to be buying more? Um, you know, what, what and, and if you could if you could talk to Navy leaders or to members of Congress even, um, you know, what, what kinds of things do, does the, does industry need right now, uh, to, you know, to provide the best capability to, to the Navy? So as you mentioned, uh, the hardware production and sustainment contract that we just were awarded, uh, earlier in the year provides for the next 31 ship sets of spy six over the next five years. After that, we'll expect another five-year contract to deliver an additional, uh, set of radars for those additional ships as the as the Navy continues to modernize their their fleet. So we'll continue to follow shipbuilding and deliver radars in time to be integrated into those new ships, as well as backfitting the ships that are coming in for their midlife uh, upgrades. So we'll continue to be able to deliver that capability to the fleet. In addition, as we talked about, SPY-6 is modular. It allows us to actually put in new technologies as new capabilities uh, become available. So we see SPY-6 both evolving from a software capabilities perspective, as well as in the future potential hardware upgrades to be able to outpace the threats that we see in the uh, in the environments that the Navy has to, uh, to uh, participate in. And you're delivering radar sets that go to Bath, Maine, that go to Pascagoula, that go to, you know, HII, Newport. Newport News, et cetera. It doesn't matter where the ship's being built, you're delivering the, the components, the SPY-6 components for all those classes of ships at, at any one of those yards where they're being built. That, that's exactly right. And we, we try to deliver uh, ahead of schedule for shipbuilding. We never want to be uh, uh, delaying the shipbuilding uh, program. So as the ship is built, is being built up, we deliver the hardware to those uh, platforms. So power systems that go in early, earlier than the rest of the systems will be delivered earlier back-end processing as that ship's being built up, and then finally the rays to be delivered and installed on those ships as they uh, as they complete their uh, build. Uh, a lot of other countries, Scott, are, are buying and building Aegis-class ships, right? So the Japanese Navy, the JMSDF has got Aegis-class ships. The, the South Koreans have got Aegis-class ships. The Spanish Navy, the Italian Navy, et cetera. Uh, so I'm, I'm guessing that there's interest in from those potential customers uh, in in SPY-6, where, where, where do you see that going in terms of international partnership and, and buys? 
Yes. So there's a tremendous amount of international interest in, in SPY-6 for those platforms that you just uh, mentioned. These uh, international partners want to participate with the U.S. Navy, and the best way for them to work closely with them is to use the same technology, specifically in SPY-6, to be able to work more uh, closely with them. I will mention it's more than just Aegis-class ships, because we are a combat management system agnostic uh, radar. We can actually integrate with many different combat management systems across multiple navies across the world. Gotcha. Uh, so I want to talk about the threat a little bit. Um, Naval Institute members, proceedings readers, uh, and USNI news readers are very aware of the, the capabilities that the Chinese are building, uh, the DF-21C, the DF-21D, these, these uh, conventionally tipped, conventionally warheaded um, you know, intermediate range ballistic missiles that can hit places like Guam or Okinawa or hit ships, including aircraft carriers at sea. How does the SPY-6 program address that threat? So I, as I mentioned before, SPY-6 gives the Navy the ability to see much further and see uh, targets that are much smaller. So creating that additional battle space to be able to handle some of those faster uh, uh, targets that may be incoming. The more time we can give the sailor to react to those incoming threats, the better position they're going to be to be able to defeat those threats. In addition, these threats are going to continue to evolve as we go as we go forward. SPY-6 allows us to evolve the radar ahead of those threats to make sure that the Navy is always well prepared uh, for those evolving threats. So there's a lot of been discussion uh, of, of hypersonic missiles, hypersonic weapons, and and the ability that they have to they're not just following a ballistic trajectory, but also you know can maneuver within the atmosphere. Uh, and I'm guessing Spy Six is ahead of that threat or on that threat. You're 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 capable of dealing with that uh, that potentiality. Yes, and we've participated in flight testing with the uh, with uh, MDA and the Navy. Uh, recently on some of those uh, threat profiles as well. So I can't get into a lot of details here, but I can tell you that the Navy was very uh, forward thinking when they put the SPY-6 program uh, in place, knowing that these threats were, were uh, on the horizon and they needed a radar to be able to help them better defend against those threats. And that's what SPY-6 does. Scott, this has been a great conversation. Uh, floor's over to you. We gotta, we gotta wrap this up, but any, uh, any parting shots? So we're really excited to partner with the Navy uh, to provide them with, with their radar capabilities across all those different ship sets. Uh, I think it's really important as we start to field this capability and, and, and get it out to the warfighters. As we know, it's a very challenging environment today, uh, uh, both uh, uh, for, for the Navy and our allied partners. Uh, and the faster we can deliver these capabilities to the fleet, the, the better off we'll all be. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, my guest today has been Scott Spence, the executive director of Naval Integrated Solution at uh, Solutions at Raytheon Missiles and Defense. Scott, thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Bill. I really appreciate it. All right. That wraps up another episode of the Proceedings Podcast brought to you this week by Raytheon Technologies. If you enjoy the show, like us and subscribe to our channel. Tell your friends, become a member of the Naval Institute at usni.org forward slash join. And until next episode, remember, victory begins at the Naval Institute.